And we are back with another episode of Midweek Menches. I'm Ant, at Sano on Twitter. And this week I'm joined by Schweitz, up in Toronto. Bonjour. We have uh, the always glorious mayor, down in Cartersville, Georgia. Hello. And uh, a member you haven't heard from in a while, but he's been uh, doing a lot of stuff at the Ohio State University. It's Patty from Cut. How are you, Patty? I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I think we all can relate to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Read my stories in the Lantern. Just search yeah. my name. Uh, Patrick Kenney. K-E-N-N-E-Y. Absolutely. Well, uh, we'll, we'll throw a note in, in, uh, in the show notes to call out for it. So, uh, you know, support the people that support the shows you like. Or love. <laughs> just, pre- just pretend I read it. Good support review. The people that support the show that talks about the show. Oh, that supports the show that talks about it. Yes. I'm, or some. I'm getting to it too, Patty. I'm getting <laughs> some variation of that. <laughs> so Dan is back. Um, although they were off on Monday, so uh, while we're recording this, we only have one episode really to speak of. So we're going to cover a lot of stuff from last week and the week before when Dan was out. You know, a lot of interesting shows with Amin. Um, I think Amin Swice covered this a little bit last week and what we sort of see when Amin sort of drives and um, especially with like Michelle Beadle was really good. And then, you know, we had him with uh, with David Sampson, which I know is a hot topic for Mayor, um, being someone who who really loves Sampson. So so what did you think, Mayor? How did you find those episodes? Did they, were they good for you? Were they not good? How do you find about them? And again, I know I'm in the minority on this, but the more David Sampson, the better. I just I'm hook, line, and sink. I hear John in Miami screaming at his at his smart device right now. But you know, it does remind me of of another one of our menches who's here every once in a while is Crispy. You know, he is famous in our circles for his way his recommendation for eating hot dogs, and he likes eating hot dogs with peanut butter, mayonnaise, and onions. And he says, that's good. Well, it made me think of him when I was listening to Smeddy, Samson, and Amin all on one show, kind of working together as the main characters. And you know what? It's a very odd combination, but I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, Again, I, I like David Sampson, but it, the combination of all three of those you would think would not blend very well. And I thought they worked together extremely well, and it was entertaining. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Matt. It, it, it was it was just honestly it was my favorite show of the uh, the the time that Dan was gone, even more so than the uh, Michelle Beadle episode. Uh, I, as, and I loved I loved that episode, but the the Samson the Samson Amin and and as as much as I hate to say it, Jess Jess show it was it was by far the the most entertaining few hours that i think i listened to of, of the last couple of weeks um like before really we got to the sueys right so so mayor in your analogy who's the wiener i don't know that there has to be a wiener schweitz <laughs> one could be the onion one could be the peanut butter and the other one can be the so i i mean that means the buns I guess hashtag cheap bringing it up <laughs> I, I guess so but yes, I I mean, I enjoy when some of those odd combinations come in. I think it was also so 
sort of good. I mean, had been there a while at that point, so he really had a, a good uh, feeling for sort of running things. Um, cause obviously that was at the end of the vacation stretch without Stu and Dan. So, um, yeah, I think, I'll th- you know, if you can get them on the same page and, and keep them all grounded, I mean, most combinations on this show can work. So what was that show before or after, uh, Aubrey Plaza had a moment? Uh, Aubrey Plaza having a moment was the very last one. Yeah. That episode, I thought, was absolutely hysterical, and it got so much criticism from a lot of different places, and people you would think people that have watched the show or listened to the show for an extended period of time would have just kind of sunk into the fact that every once in a while there's going to be just things like that that are stupid, and just delight in the fact that they're being stupid. I, I thought it was... I enjoyed it, even though it's not typically my cup of tea. I thought it was interesting when Mike Schur got in and was able to pick up on what was going on almost immediately and was able to play along with him. I tried to explain what was happening to my wife because I just kept laughing, and it sounded like I was having a stroke. I'm like, well, they told a joke, and then they restarted it, and then they were doing it again, but they did it, and they added this flourish. And I, you know, and then they did it three more times and I tried to play her a clip, but it was one that was like from the middle. And she's just like, what the f- are you talking about? She doesn't get the show, but she definitely didn't get that moment. But it's, it's almost like an episode of Seinfeld. You can laugh through the whole thing. And then when you start trying to explain it to people who don't watch Seinfeld or even some that do, it's like, do what? So it was entertaining that they wandered through a parking garage the entire show. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think some of their best moments are when they go off the rails and the more off the rails, the better in many ways. Um, you know, even jumping back a minute ago when you were talking about like um, Jess and Samson, their age dichotomy and how much they lean into it and how much David says to be like, wait, you can't not know this movie. She's like, what are you talking about? Like just, I, I find those moments are oftentimes the funniest moments because they're like, you can tell they're natural. You can tell like, no one said on today's show run, we're going to talk about this and then this and then hit Aubrey Plaza. And then like, it just happens. And that to me, in many ways, that's not even the brilliance of it, but the enjoyment of it is the way they can just go off the rails. But you still feel like someone's driving the bus, even when they're going like completely off. Like, you know, it just, I don't know. It just works. It just works really, really well. I, don't know. I messaged Jeanette maybe like after listening to the, the first hour of it and it was just like Zach's just doing the rehearsal right like he loves <laughs> that show they've talked about it on Cinephobe they've talked like I've heard him talk about it on different platforms I know Amin likes it they're just doing their version of the radio rehearsal they're just redoing everything and then they're they're leaning into it that's how I thought that started I do have a question for each of you a quick, quick answer um Outside of Parks and Rec, I mean, have you ever seen anything that Aubrey Plaza's in? Have you ever watched an Aubrey Plaza movie, I guess, since we're going to give her a moment? Yes, I've, I've seen two. One in theaters and one at home. Hey, Ant, are you wearing a Hall and Oates t-shirt? I am not wearing a Hall, a Hall and Oates t-shirt. No, sorry. No, no Hall and on my, on, on my shirt. Um, Roots is a brand in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, but uh, yes, Spare. That would have been good. T- 
to 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 answer your question, I have seen a few. I haven't seen a lot of them. I know she was in a newer version of like Child's Play. I've seen her in some not great movies, but there's one like um, there's one where the there's like a guy that's trying that puts a an ad out because he's looking for somebody to go to you know he has like a time machine or something to travel through time with and she's a reporter trying to figure out what the story is like in some small newspaper there's there's been a few of them but yeah i haven't seen her in a lot of things i mean when you look at her imdb there's just like a lot of stuff i'm like i have never heard of oh hey there's one you know like (laughs) so i definitely have seen stuff that she's in but had you asked me five minutes before you started talking about her, if I could pick her out of a lineup, I couldn't have. I, I, you know, I mean, no offense to her, but she wasn't memorable. So I'm actually in many ways glad she got her moment. <laughs> what about you, Patty? What have you seen her in or not seen her in? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I've definitely seen her in things. Like I remember in one movie with like uh, Zach Efron where like uh, they were like trying to like crash a wedding or something. Uh, but like I've, I've definitely seen her in th- like a bunch of things, but like nothing that was like a very memorable movie, right? But yeah, I'm glad she's having a moment. Schweitz, are you wearing a Holland Oats t-shirt? No, my shirt is blue. <laughs> As we go off the rails. Anywho, I invite chaos. <laughs> what can we say? Sueys. Yes, yes. And now we're getting uh, our Sui nominations. Are you guys excited for the Sueys? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you hate how much for the next, you know, week to two weeks of the show it's going to be like wall to wall Sui? Or, um, you know, how are you on that? What do you think, Patty? Yeah, I mean, I usually. I'm always surprised when the series come out. I always forget like when they come out and then every year it's always, it's always the same thing. I'm like, Oh great. Right before football season. That's right. My the, the best time to listen to the show. It's also going to be filled with some of the funniest moments of the last year, which is something that I enjoyed, but also I wish it were more show at the same time. Right. I wish it were yeah, a lot more Dan trying to, you know, talk about how much football is a barbaric sport, but he loves it and he can't stop watching it. And Stu Gatz, you know, crying about the Jets. I've always wondered why, at least now at this point, they've sort of gotten their footing and how they do stuff. But I always expected, similar to how like Stern would go away for two weeks and do a best of. I was always surprised that they didn't do Sui's while Dan was away because it was a perfect filler to be done when you don't need someone really driving the bus, but they've always chose to do it as soon as Dan comes back from being on vacation for two weeks or three weeks or whatever weeks. I've always found it surprisingly strange with how they do it, but you know, it's, it's the formula they've worked with and, or, or it's the formula they use and it's worked for that. But it's because for the awkward moments, they can really make fun. Like they can make fun of them again. You can make fun of everybody in the room for, you know, the, the categories if this you know I mean like Chris being unable to read a 30 second spot for like 25 minutes <laughs> yeah exactly and like Dan can get in on that too like they they enjoy that and it's less work so you know what might as well get paid you know do a little less work and 
let somebody else deal with the days off. But what I do you think, think, Mayor? A, a little bit of time in the lab when Dan is gone. Again, it, it reminds me of the old local hours before Dan would jump in on those where it was just the producers. It was kind of a playground or a testing ground and give people an opportunity to, you know, develop a little bit or maybe, you know, work out a bit or change, you know, work on a character or do something. And that was, again, that you mentioned, I think earlier, Schweitz with, with Amin, you know, with the extended period of time that he was in that chair, you can see a definite difference in a, and an improved level of comfort and confidence in him, you know, manning the show. And you have to remember, Dan has made no secret about it. He don't want to do this forever. And, but I'm sure he wants this entity to go on afterwards. And so, you know, I look at those weeks when he's gone as kind of like a proving ground to say, Hey, what would this look like if Dan wanted to take a month off and had to leave it all behind with somebody else? How would that look? I agree with you, Mayor, but I also feel like, for a long time, they were at ESPN and we would get the two white guys talking football for, for four days straight or five days straight. And we wouldn't necessarily get the shipping container or any, I mean, you know, what they did with mean this year is not something they've done in the past. They just sort of said, we're going to do this and sink or swim. We'll see how it works. And I think it's it's shown to be, it's shown to have been a success and something that they can fall back on, not just in the month of you know, July or August when Dan wants to take some time off or, or Stu wants to take some time off. It's something they can lean into probably during other parts of the year when they want to. But I feel like we got here because ESPN or or Dan hated the way ESPN sort of force fed who they could fill in for on their 10 to one show, national radio, et cetera, et cetera. You know, now they have just more self-given freedom by, by the nature of what they're doing. Well, with apologies to Randy Scott. Come on now. We we need to, we need more Randy Scott in our lives. Let's not let's not totally cast that aside. But I do get your point about when he was on vacation, they would just kind of kick it all to, you know, the the typical, you know, stand-in bodies for ESPN to run the formulaic stuff, you know, from 10 to 3 and just kind of keep the thing again, nothing earth-shattering, just kind of keep it on the road. Randy Scott or, you know, or Dominique Foxworth um, I know opinions kind of vary on him. He's he's a guy that I've always enjoyed too. So again, I'd rather have those kind of voices mixed in. But I do agree with you. It's it's definitely a departure with Dan being gone to be able to again give everybody a little chance to spread their wings a little bit. I do I, I do agree broadly. I just feel like we got here because of what ESPN had put strangleholds on in the past, not necessarily just because Dan wanted everyone to sort of you know, get their, get their, get their footing a la the local hour, or at least the way the local hour was sort of, you know, built. So is there any particular suit category that you're really excited for? Like your, you know, Stu's dismissal or, you know, mispronunciation or, or just enjoy them overall. And they're all sort of good where you come from. Did you just mispronounce mispronunciation? Absolutely. Can that be in the series? Sure, why not? If we did our own series from the last two years of this, my Louis, <laughs> the R- look at me, Louis. R.I.P. Louis. We had those once. <laughs> exactly. They did not. They did not last. I, you know, I, one of my favorite categories they got out of the way right out of the shoot, which is the limited fake. And Chris was right. I mean, yeah, it was a long segment. But it was all quality stuff. The conversation with Mike Glennon's neck and uh, and his wife, that had me uh, 
spitting water out of my mouth like Ant just about did. Um, yes. Again, it's one of my favorite categories because you never know where they're going to come from. And when they uh, the, actually what I'm surprised is there wasn't any of uh, Mike Ryan and the Bruce Springsteen. Limited I was just going to ask, does that go in song or does that go in limited fake? Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to, I, fi- I guess, I guess to, we'll find out. A David We're going to find out. As yes, and wait to see. Wait to see, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited, or I'm, I'm definitely excited for the uh, mispronunciations of of Stugatz, the, uh, the the many the many words that he he likes to stumble over. Uh, but I, I don't I don't know if uh, he'll he'll win it this year. It might only act. It, it might only be him in this category, though. So. So, so we'll see, but, um, yeah, no, I, I love, uh, today's segment, um, when, when they went over the, uh, like all of the limited fakes, um, except for all of Jessica's because they all sounded pretty much the same. They all sounded like her band to me. Uh, but I think, um, Amin's Obama has to win, right? Because Amin turns everything either into his DMX or his Obama. So <laughs> I, I, I really think they should do a category where it's just Amin, but they keep, they just do Amin doing DMX, but Obama and just moving down the list. So everything starts off something else and turns into Obama. <laughs> and so best musical performance obviously you're going to give it to themselves but is there a particular song you think stood out for musical that um was your favorite the jets <laughs> ow that hurt <laughs> gosh it depends what mood you're in doesn't it i mean it the- really does the, the final song, you know, the nothing stops the NFL when it all gets kind of tied back together. Um, again, I go back and I, I occasionally listen to it and I will now that football season is coming back. But when you walk through that, you think of, again, subtract the fact that these aren't musicians, subtract the fact they did this in a short period of time, the quality of the writing and the way that everything's tied together on that, the production, the layering, it's, it's an absolutely phenomenal piece. Um, and again, it's, it's entertaining. It makes me smile. And so that's, that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to entertain your life, make it a little better and make you smile. I think Yeti will win. <laughs> well, we know who won't win, but we won't what? talk about that. <laughs> Streeter. That's right. He cheats according to Greg Cody. <laughs> that's, that's not who I was referring to, but of course not. We Shout know who you were to, referring to. Shout out to him. Yes, you're referring to me from my Michael Doliak version of Tomorrow that yes. nobody listened to. No, I was I was referring to Flem, but that's okay. I was trying to save his dignity. He has no he has no dignity. <laughs> Love you, Flem. Maybe. Not really. <laughs> So now I want to close out today, um, shifting a little bit to the metal lockers. And I wanted to get everybody's opinion on what they thought about those episodes. Are they excited? Are they something they skipped through? Um, recently, certainly they've been getting a lot of flack for the way they talk and the topics they cover and how it's like, I mean, you know, the privileged white guy stuff, even though it's not remotely that. 
who's on the Metal Lockers. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to get everybody's opinion. What do you guys think of the Metal Lockers? Is it something you're a fan of? Is it something you're not? Are, are, are you meadow in or meadow out? Matt, I'm gonna start I'm, with you. I can see your. I can. I, I can. I can. I can see the steam coming out of your ears. No, it's not steam. I was. I was trying to hold my tongue. I do not like being critical of, uh, of the group. Obviously, we're all fans of it. But again, as Dan would even say, when you're pushing out this much different content, some of it is going to be something. It's not going to be. You're. You're not going to like everything. Uh, I typically try to listen to the beginning of Metal Arkers and hear where they're going with it, and then I typically find myself exercising my thumb to push through it. The, To me, and again, being involved in radio, I think one of the things you really have to do is be relatable. I think that's one of the secret sauces of this show is it's very relatable. But when it comes to the Metal Arkers, it does sound like you have three or four people that are sitting and they're just more... In t- they're putting off an air, at least in my opinion, the way I hear it, is that they're putting off an air of where they're trying to educate us because they're just a little bit more intelligent, a little more understanding of everything than, than you are. So you need to sit back and listen and, and you know, be a little bit more refined so that you can get this. Well, I mean, for, for those of our listeners who don't know, uh, The Meadowlarkers is a take on the show The Sports Reporters, which was, I believe, a Sunday morning, like 9 a.m. show which also gave off that feel. So I feel like some of it is they're doing it in parody. They're keeping within the, you know, um, the structure of what the sports sports reporters were. Um, Bill Simmons also does a version of this on his podcast sometimes called, he calls it the the sports reporters where it also has a similar feel like they, the, the things that have parodied this have all always come off like that. So depending on the topic and whatnot, but um I mean that that's that's how the show always felt but, to me. But when you say parody, I mean I, to me that parody has a comedic element to it. I don't see anything. I, I mean they, they, they they're 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 taking the structure and and taking it off from a television show and doing it into a into a audio version. And it, that that that's what I mean. So I don't know if parody is the right word, but that's that's what I feel. But like watching Mitch album and. Forget who else was on the Mike show Lupica, and Bill Lupica. Conlin. But that, that that's that's how those guys all talk to each other as if they were the smartest people in the room and in talking superior. So I, I sort of get that that's how how this is structured. So it, it's it hasn't bothered me, but I can understand that it would rub other people the wrong way. What's the sports reporters? <laughs> there used to be this thing called newspapers, Patty. And and ESPN. Guys that worked for them and would write for them, and they would sit down on Sunday mornings. And uh, this Jeremy Shap guy, he had a dad named Dick Shap, who was actually an outstanding journalist. And he was the uh, host of Sports Dick Sports. And Mike Lupica got involved too. Bob Ryan. Um, yeah, so it's if you pull up your YouTube, so comments, a bunch of you dinosaurs. Find some old videos of Yes, it. basically old white men sitting in recliners looking at each other, um, <laughs> talking about. The sports of the week, which it is was, very weird was, because now we get sports, you know. Patty, do you know who Bob Lee uh, is? Yeah, I do. It right, was yeah, it was it was ESPN's like Sunday morning, you know, they didn't have like a, a Sunday morning news show, but this was sort of their version of it. So it was a little it didn't have all the, the you know, the boxes with faces in it, but this is their version of sort of Sunday morning programming. Yeah, it doesn't sound pretentious at all. So I could <laughs> So now you got me down a rabbit hole. Thanks a whole lot, Patty. 
Ant's the only one that's going to be able to answer this, so I will ask you right off the bat. Do you remember Vic Braden? Yes. Yes. Vacant lot. One of the earliest programs I could recall on ESPN was this guy named Vic Braden, oddly enough, and it was a show called Vic's Vacant Lot, as I said a moment ago. And what he would do, he would go around to different cities. You know, when you're a kid, a lot of times you got to make up different games, you know, that you would play on your street. And he would find kids that had created these different games, and they would basically, he'd just, they'd film them playing it and go over the rules of the game. It was it was really nothing programming. It was almost like kids programming on ESPN. It was hokey as heck because he wore like a track suit that was, and again, old guy comes around to hang out with kids in a neighborhood. You might want to call 911 these days. But Shows up with a van and a it camera. Was a, yes. Hey, kids, you want to get in the van and get an ice cream? Um, <laughs> Very much was, so. It was really, again, it's one of the earliest programs I remember of of ESPN, and that was original program. Actually, the other one was uh, Reese Davis with, no, was it Reese Davis or Chris Fowler that was Scholastic Sports America? One of the two. I feel like it was Chris Fowler, but you may, it may, it may have been Reese, but no, I, I don't. I don't that would have been Fowler. It would have been Chris Fowler. But yes, back back when news of the week made a difference as opposed to news of the last 27 seconds on, on Twitter, um, where you could do a show. So what happened this week? <laughs> and you'd have like four topics. And yeah, so so I'm actually the opposite. I totally love the Metal Luckers. Um, I, I it's it's some of the favorite stuff that Metal Life puts out for me. Um, I like hearing I've always enjoyed a mean in long form. I've always not liked the mean when he comes in and makes two jokes for 10 seconds and then waits for his next moment. It's the same feeling I feel about Jessica broadly is I hate when she comes in waiting for her moment to make her joke and then takes a step back until she does her next one. So I'm, I really do enjoy the middle actors. Um, I understand that they come off as pretentious, but they all seem to be seem to be talking about topics that others aren't talking about at least if not even in ways other people aren't talking about, you know, every, their last episode or, or two episodes back about the NFL, the juggernaut that is. Yeah. Everyone has done that episode. Can't stop the NFL. But I thought the way they hit it, the way they compared it with what basketball has and hasn't done, what baseball has and hasn't done. I thought they put a different perspective. They didn't just talk about what's going on in the NFL. They talked about sort of within the the realm of all the other sports so i actually enjoy it I, i'm actually a fan of uh, of the metal lockers um you know so i don't find them coming across w- with the criticisms that a lot of other people have but you know to each their own as dan always says you know you'll find what you like and sort of hold it on that stuff um I, i'll also say that you're you know the people that are on metal lockers i also enjoy it um they are minorities of different types they're you know um different perspectives than a lot of the listeners and they're talking about most times very serious topics from and and they are over educated at times so um not surprising that they would come off that way <laughs> but it's also impo- like i always think like that it's important to listen to you know, to what you have to say. You might not like how the message is delivered, but, you know, some of the points they're making are relevant. So, Well, also for me, like I look at Howard Bryant, someone who 
was a more traditional newspaper columnist, covered teams, and now is still young enough where he has to shift into the new media and the way things are done now. So I think he has sort of a foot in both sides of uh, of the sports journalism, you know, side of, of what used to be and what, what, you know, someone like Mike Lupica, Tony Kornheiser, they really only ever did it one way. They weren't never, you know, extremely relevant or embracing of the new media, the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, where someone like Howard Bryant has to sort of cover both ends. Um, same thing with Kay Fagan. She was someone who did do some traditional reporting, covered the Sixers, covered other teams, and was a beat reporter, and now has seen how things have shifted and how, you know, the way you could cover someone, you know, how Brian talked about this, you write something critical in the paper. If you, even if you were off the next day, you came in and you were there if the player that you criticized wanted to say something to you. I think that's a much different perspective than what we see today where someone fires off something on Twitter and, you know, doesn't have to necessarily ever actually face, you know, someone saying, well, I mean, you can reply to someone's tweet, but you can also ignore that, whereas you can't necessarily do that if there's an interaction. So, you know, I can understand your your your, your criticisms, Mayor. It's just not something I, I sort of felt the opposite and sort of enjoy what they do and how they do it. So, Yeah, and I, I like Kate and I like Amin. Howard, I, again, everybody's got their – I'm not saying he's not talented or he's stupid or that – Again, it's just a, a flavor that's not one of my favorites. So, uh, again, I'd, I'd take an awful lot of this content and, t- and bring it in. I've spent too much time listening to too many different things from this channel, but uh, it's not amongst my favorite. I will tell you, I've watched that. I've listened to it more than I have listened to any of this Mayor of Maple Avenue that has been uh, tried to get force-fed to us. I understand it's a very poignant topic, a very important topic, it's again, it's just not something that I want to, it's not a topic that I want to dive into for eight hours of podcast listening. I'm sure it's, yeah. I'm sure it's extremely well done. And again, the whole purpose of metal arc is to get different voices and different perspectives and, and bring things out in a way that, um, you know, that people are, that give voices to people that may not have that availability, availability on other platforms. And so, again, I appreciate it for what it is. It's art uh, in its own way, but I'm not, um, that's just not the kind of art that I want to consume my time with. I'd much rather listen to BBBBBB, which came back a couple weeks ago. It was good to hear Lorenzo, Charlie, Charlie, and Eliz along with Billy. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to have to think too much. I think enough during the day, so maybe that's the issue is I don't want to think too much when I'm trying to unwind listening to podcasts. I do that- not. That totally makes sense. I, I will definitely say I can agree with that point. There would definitely be like sometimes when I'm listening to Metal Arkers and I'm like ready for it. And sometimes I'm like, I've got too much going on. Either I'm going to have to listen to this twice or I'm going to have to put this off for later and listen to, you know, a post game for 15 minutes and and just laugh something stupid, whatever, while, you know, while they wait on that. But, you know, I, I, as we've all said, different, different strokes for different folks. And so thank you very much, everyone. For joining us once again this is midweek matches i am ant at diana on twitter and i was joined graciously by uh by patty where can we find you on social media y'all can find me uh at 
Paddy from Cut on Twitter at P A D D Y from Cut. You guys can also go to thelantern.com. You can search my name in the search bar, read about Ohio State women's volleyball this season. So go on and do all that. Awesome. And we have Mayor Matt. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me too easily, and you find Cartersville a little too easily this week uh, for the wrong reasons. But hey, uh, at Santini Matt. And uh, one bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch. <laughs> this is true. And Schweitz, what about you? You can find me at Santini Matt. Absolutely. And so, as always, check out our other Lower After Our podcasts. We have Post Post Game. We have Laugh to the Club. We have Cinema. And we've done some interviews recently. We just interviewed... Going back about a week, Connor Onion, who, uh, you know, the Levitard show sort of fell in love with, not just because of his name, but because of, you know, the appearance he had. And previous to that, we interviewed the soccer cooligans, Alexis and Christian. So uh, make sure you check out our catalog and for all your idiotic clothing needs, check out shop.lowryafterhours.com. Once again, Lou makes great items, hats, shirts, fanny packs, etc. Thank you all, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.